Hello there everyone and happy, happy new year to one and all. I've got some really good news and some bad news to get us started here on Knee Deep this week. The good news is that I'm going to teach you all how to add five months to your life in the coming year, 2024. The bad news is that it'll take a couple years to train you. Kind of a wash, right? Well, we'll see. Join me today for Season 2, Episode 55. I'm Jeff Bender and this is Knee Deep, welcoming your feedback on Instagram at author Jeff Bender or on my website, jeffmbender.com. Ah, don't forget the Amazon please. This episode is called The Six Most Important Words. The average person will speak some 5.8 million words in the coming year of 2024. No wonder they say your mouth is the strongest muscle in the human body. And what if I told you that you could eliminate all but 55 of those words and by so doing gain an extra five months each year? You would probably tell me to stick my head in a bucket of ice water. Naturally, we can't all go around in a vice grip of silence, but perhaps we could resolve to take pause and pick our words more carefully in the coming year. There's so many good one-liners out there in the lexicon arena. So many great phrases and funny idioms. It's impossible not to get in the ring with them, isn't it? You know, take a big shiny new word out for a spin. But those are all too often the same arenas where words go to battle with lions. Somehow, our grandmothers and grandfathers were able to use their pleasantries with such character I wonder why I don't begin and end each day with a few of them for good measure and skip trying to explain myself during the rest of the time. If I came to my grandmother's breakfast, for example, back in the day, wearing my grumpy kid face and Zorro pajamas, she might have said, looks like somebody got up on the wrong side of the bed, or some other phrase that got her message across in the simplest of terms. I always loved the substitute phrases they had for swear words like fiddlesticks or Jiminy Cricket or perhaps raspberries on a really bad day. My grandmother delivered those euphemisms with such volume and emphasis that once you heard them caused anyone in our family to slowly slink out of the kitchen and made cussing completely obsolete around our house. During my early years, when art to me was merely a nickname for Arthur, my mother noticed I had taken a fancy to writing words in different styles. I called it lettering back then, but in art, it's called calligraphy. My discovery of different fonts was a complete and innocent accident. A friend and I, bored to tears in music class, began passing sheets of lettering back and forth to bide our time. The idea was for each of us to begin with a category, like for example, diseases, and then write out examples using one of our invented typefaces. As I passed my friend my latest disease, like for example, scurvy, done in boldface brush script, he would in turn pass me his paper filled with examples of say, 
reasons to call 911. Back and forth our notebook pages went, slowly filling the spaces with ingenious lettering styles. Unfortunately, our music acumen never improved, but alas, our development as young graphic designers made major headway. And to the benefit of my mother, my skills were soon put to work on lettering projects of one sort or another. While I had never thought of my creative ventures as anything but a way around chores, my mom had different ideas. Ever the unfocused child, I was happy to dive into her latest lettering assignment and bypass homework like memorizing the, di the digestive organs of a grasshopper or racking my brain on math problems like this one. If Sonny rode his bicycle to the pool eight miles away at five miles per hour, hoping to meet his friend, how long would it take Max to catch up with him if he grabbed the back of a moving semi-truck going 75 miles per hour that was four hours away? I know. If your answer, when you were in school, was like mine, you simply wrote down that Max was toast at the end of that ride. However, the problems my mom put in front of me weren't that dangerous. One Sunday, taking delight from the insert of our local newspaper, my mother laid in front of me a list of the six most important words, then five, and so on, affirming sayings we humans could use with each other, positive ways to lift the spirit of our fellow man. Soon after, I delivered her the newly lettered art which she framed and hung in her office and in her home thereafter. Here they are for your absorption. The six most important words. I admit I made a mistake. The five most important words. You did a good job. The four most important words. What's your opinion? The three most important words. If you please. The two most important words. Thank you. The one most important word, we. The least most important word, I. As the new year quickly approacheth, it seems worthwhile to share this list with you in the hope that you would add them to the millions of word possibilities you will attempt in the year 2024, to work them into conversations whenever you can, and perhaps to observe the intimacy and friendships that flow forth when you do. There's not a one of these phrases that's difficult to include in your repertoire of pleasantries each day, and you might even decide to try them in combinations. These words were like food for the soul in our family growing up, and they helped eliminate those battlegrounds, those arenas where our words became warriors that hurt or shamed. My mother used them more than anyone I ever knew, with my wife running a close second behind her, a fact that is my living grace when I'm tempted to don my armor and do battle with lions. At church, our humble small group have taken it upon themselves to add to the six most important word by coming up with seven, eight, nine, or ten of the most important words. If you think of a positive addition to add to the list, even if it's 47 of the most important words, please share your brilliance with me at Knee Deep and together we'll help get 2024 off to a roaring start. If my mother was here, she'd hand you a pen and say, you can do it, or 
I'm behind you 100%, and maybe even frame what you had done for her home. In any case, you would certainly know how she felt about your creation when she held your calligraphy out to admire, like she did mine, give your hand a squeeze, and say these ten most important and affirming of words. No one could ever do this any better than you. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the podcast. Please subscribe so you receive notifications of future episodes. I look forward to wading in knee-deep with you next week.